0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Precision Rifle Channel podcast. I am here with our lovely guest, Christy Titus. Christy, how are you today?
1: I'm great. Thanks for having me on the podcast. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. We're uh, very blessed that you're able to take some time out today to join us. And um, for all of our listeners that aren't familiar with who you are, you have quite the extensive resume. I was reading your About uh, about section on your website, ChristyTitus.com, and you just do everything.
1: Well, kind of. <laughs> it depends. <laughs> if, if it has anything to do with shooting sports or hunting, then yes.
0: That's phenomenal. So can you give us a quick overview of who you are, what you do, and why it's so important to you?
1: Well, um, so currently what I do is I produce a digital television series called Pursue the Wild, and it airs on the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation's Elk Network, um, Amazon TV, YouTube, and Facebook. And once a week on Mondays, I produce a new piece of content. So um, on one one week, for example, I'll have a tip or a tactic or a how-to, and then the following week would be a full episode And I try to make them somewhat complementary. For example, on July 16th, um, I'll launch a mountain goat episode. Um, And then the week prior to that, I launch some information about Hornady's Big Game Ammunition. So I'm trying to kind of keep everything very synergistic with with my series. I've been doing outdoor TV for a long time. I did um, a couple of seasons of Tips and Tactics. For NRA Women TV. I hosted one of their TV shows called I Am Forever, which is a documentary. And then I also hosted television for the Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation for six years. So I've got an extensive media background um, and I serve as a brand ambassador for a lot of companies in the shooting sports world specifically. um, I work with Ruger, Night Force Optics, and Hornady. Um, And then obviously, if you're a consumer, uh, I, I support Cabela's as far as um, a point of purchase for goods and services. So,
0: Awesome. And you do all, all of this plus you're a competitive shooter and you're just, you're also, if I'm not mistaken, you're on the NRA Board of Directors?
1: That is correct. I was elected this year to the NRA Board of Directors um, by NRA's over 6 million members.
0: That's phenomenal. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. I'm very, very pleased to be representing and helping to defend our Second Amendment rights. It's an important time in in the history of our country, especially to be part of that is, is an honor.
0: Yes, it is. And it's very important as well because in the past couple of years, we're seeing more and more females getting involved in um, firearms and comp- competitive shooting, self-defense And to have a spokesperson, a a female such as yourself, that is so 2A friendly, I think really helps other females relate.
1: Oh, absolutely. And it's not a good old boys club anymore. The hunting and shooting sports world has transcended into something where it's equal opportunity. For example, at Jake Vibbert's Telluride Colorado match, there was two little girls that were shooting that match with their dads. And... I'm not joking, some of those little girls, they beat me on some stages and they were outstanding shooters and they were tiny little things. Their guns <laughs> were as big as them, it was awesome. And, and I think that you know, having women get out there and step up and, and, and participate has opened the door for little girls to be like, hey dad, I wanna to shoot too. Yeah, and their dads to feel comfortable by our match directors to, um, to bring them out.
0: That's huge, that's so awesome.
1: Yeah, it's been great.
0: So how did you get involved in the shooting sports and in hunting and the whole nine yards?
1: I've been hunting my entire life. So I started, my parents and I, we still have mules and we would pack into the backcountry when I was a kid and um, did a lot of Western DIY, public land, big game hunting but one thing I found as I got more serious with my hunting and I started kind of spending some larger investment on opportunities, um, I really sucked at shooting. And I had a really good friend and mentor kind of pulled me aside one day and he's like, Christy, you're great. You're a great hunter. I love you. I love what you're doing, but you really suck at shooting. <laughs> and he's like, you really need to do something about it. So I started training originally with Magpul Core. Um and I trained with Magpul Core, I did everything in their curriculum, most of their curriculum several times over. Um, and then last year I did a little bit of training with Tyler Hughes from Max Ordnance Academy. And this year I'm training very extensively with Jake Vibert. Um, and he's really been a great, tremendous asset, you know, to helping me. And, and I've um, stepped up to now, you know, being in the competitive shooting world, and and you know I've had a lot of great coaches. I've been to FTW Ranch, and so over the last six years, I mean I, I, I'm very new on the competitive shooting side and in that world. But um, shooting is not, and long range shooting, precision shooting is nothing that's that's new to me. I've just I've just been comfortable enough to step up and and show up.
0: That's awesome. You've mentioned um, three great places. I mean Max Hornick Academy, Tyler Hughes. Um, He was actually one of my first instructors as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then his, uh, his fiance, Ray, she's, she's just a firecracker. She's awesome.
1: Love her. She's my girlfriend. She just won top lady at the quiet riot match. She beat me, which I'm thrilled that she did because that girl has been shooting in the competitive world for, um, I think this is her third year, maybe going on fourth year. And she's just really starting to blossom as a shooter and if you're going to lose somebody uh, I want it to be one of my girlfriends that has helped me and that's what's so awesome about the shooting community is um, you know we're all competing against each other but even like Ray and I we're girlfriends and we've trained together and her success really is something that I love to see and I'm proud of it's like hey my girlfriend won like she's awesome (laughs) and that's great you know
0: no that's phenomenal she's um She's always got a big smile on her face, and she's always working harder to, to oh, yeah. better herself. So that's great. And then you mentioned FTW Ranch. That place is phenomenal. I was able to yeah. spend some time down there, I think it was a year ago, with um, Swarovski and, and their team. And that place is just gorgeous, and so many different opportunities to learn different styles of shooting there.
1: Yeah, they've got a little different approach. You know, you get FTW, the courses I've taken have been... You know a lot of belly training, um, mm-hmm. and um, so it, it really helps you kind of hone in on your fundamentals and do a lot of a lot of wind training there because it is uh, very deceiving terrain, and it, it's a great place to go and, and get some great resources with a great cadre of instructors.
0: Yes, absolutely. And then most recently with Jake Vibbert.
1: Yeah. Jake has broken the mold for me on a lot of things With from a training standpoint. Um, he does not have a military background. And right. so many of the cadre that I've trained with in the past have a military background. And, you know, one thing that I really noticed the difference in training is a lot of the ex-military um, sniper type training you know they're trained to not only be precise shooters, but they're also trained to stay alive. So the way they set up barricades or maybe run a stage um, also fun factors in some concealment factors, which as a competitive shooter we're not getting shot back at, so we don't have to worry about some concealment things. And so Jake has really kind of changed some of the ways that I approach stages or barricades and and that kind of training in a whole new way. So it's been it's been great training with jake because it is a a totally different world
0: it is and like you said his approach to things because i've taken some classes with jake as well and his approach to things is completely different like you're saying from a lot of other people but the way he breaks it down also is a lot simpler for at least for me to understand
1: he's a great great coach yeah he does a great job and um i'm really thankful to have him working with me actually i just purchased 60 acres in central oregon to put a um a private training range for myself and jake brought his daughter down here and we did some training with his daughter and he helped me you know set up my course of fire target sizes um i went out to the rock lake um, range in cheney washington and took copious notes of what they had for positions and stages and had some similar stages built for myself so that I can train um so yeah Jake's been great he's really helping me not only develop a range plan but um develop a a solid fundamental training plan as well
0: that's phenomenal so you are really going hard at this I mean 60 acres in your own range now that's huge
1: Well, I'm a country girl, so I like having space anyway and this backs up to BLM and I can do a little bit of deer hunting and there's some elk out there. So I you know, to me it's uh it's not just for the range, it's it's also for, for the lifestyle. But it certainly um where I've gotten any more with my relationships with Ruger, Night Force and Hornady is there's so many dynamics of my shooting from being prepared for big game hunting to shooting pistols to carbines and I, I love shooting carbines also, and um, I, I just found where I'm doing so many different modifications to rifles and data and you know, changing ammunition out depending on scenarios and you know, not having a place to really true my data, test my gear, and do what I needed was hindering me, and um, it was just an easy, easy thing for me to just pick up and, and find a place where I could have a more re- well-rounded lifestyle.
0: That's awesome. So, speaking of gear, what rifle, what, I mean, I know you're shooting a Ruger, and I know you Mm -hmm. shoot Night Force, but specifically, which rifle, which platform, modifications? I'm sure our our listeners would love to know.
1: Yeah, so, with Ruger, I'm shooting the Ruger Precision Rifle, and Jake has me training on the 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, The reason being is it's got a little bit more recoil. Um, So, I have that rifle set up exactly the same as my competition rifle, which I'm running a six millimeter Creedmoor. So when I'm training, I'm dealing with a little bit more recoil and it's helping me kind of master my fundamentals. And then when I pick up my six, there's less recoil, things just are a little easier. Um, So the only aftermarket accessories I've done on those is, um, Timney is about the only one who makes an aftermarket trigger. So I'm making a, I'm using a Timney two stage trigger on those And i've got that in at 16 ounces right now control solutions has hooked me up with some outstanding muzzle brakes um and i've done that and then i'm testing a heavy contour barrel that's 26 inches in length right now for ruger i'm hoping maybe someday we end up with something like that but i'm i am testing some barrels and um some other things but the gun is factory um so that's it i don't do anything i'm shooting factory hornady ammo so my competition ammo is 108 grain, yielding match, uh, six millimeter, and, and it's just 100% factory. My extreme spreads are really low on them. Actually, Jake just started shooting for Hornady as well, and he's also shooting factory ammo. Um, in training, I don't know what he's competing with, um, but uh, it's great ammo in, in my, um, my Night Force ATAC R. I'm running the mill c reticle on that, and for my wind holds and stuff, it just makes my life so easy. Reticle holds, I think if my memory serves, I've got up to 12 mils in the reticle, um, so I can do reticle holds as far as I want, basically. It's nice. pretty awesome. I mean, the scope is... Seedy glass is as clear as it gets, and it's just great. I mean, so I'm, you know, factory rifle, high-end optic, and, and solid, you know, out-of-the-box ammo, so it makes it really easy for me to burn a lot of rounds through.
0: <laughs> it's a great combination.
1: Yeah, for sure, yeah.
0: Perfect. Now, how does your hunting platform, your hunting setup, differ from your competition setup, or does it?
1: Oh, it's completely different. Uh So, my RPR rifle um, without the magazine is 16 pounds, so I'm not taking that, obviously, hunting. Plus, you know, when we're competing, we want a really heavy rifle to reduce recoil so that we can spot better, Um, so I, you know, I'm not looking for that in a hunting rifle. I'm looking for accuracy in a hunting rifle and then, obviously, less weight because I'm packing it across a mountain. So, um, my hunting rifles are completely different, like um f t w uh teamed up with Ruger, and they have the f t w hunter, which is a is a Ruger Hawkeye great platform rifle. I shot almost everything last year with that gun, and I was getting half minute of angle accuracy with factory hunting ammo, I was shooting two hundred grain bullets out of that thing as a three hundred win mag and um it was just a little tack driver um
0: nice
1: I, I took a mountain goat at five hundred yards in a whiteout snowstorm with that gun last year was just awesome and in caribou and moose and um it was just great but I, I also have a little Ruger American and I'm taking that on my sheep hunt next week it's the same action that's on the RPR so it's got an extreme level of accuracy it's very inexpensive a gun retails under 400 bucks and um I took an elk with it last year a bear with it this year am taking it sheep hunting and and Ruger's really kind of defying production showing hey we can make production rifles we can make them affordable and they're going to flat shoot and anybody that's shot Ruger recently knows that Ruger has really stepped up their game on how their rifles perform and what their rifles are are capable of out of the box it's incredible to work with them
0: no they are actually I've, I've had the opportunity to shoot the RPR and it's a phenomenal platform um I haven't shot the American yet, but you know, there's always time.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's a great hunting rifle. I, I mean, it's super lightweight and you can't go wrong with it. So, yeah, it's great.
0: Nice. So, I know we're kind of jumping around here, but back to the competition side. Yeah. How many matches, because you've been very busy this year, um I've been watching you on social media. How many matches have you shot this year?
1: Um, i did north carolina um rock castle rock lake telluride five i shot five this year
0: and then i did uh
1: two club matches this year
0: and this is your first official year shooting competition is that correct
1: that's correct yeah Mm
0: -hmm. nice so did you when you first got into this what was your mindset did you have any hesitations did you have any Anything that you are concerned about coming into the sport, your rookie year as a female with some very substantial sponsors?
1: Yeah, no, I'm not. I mean, I just dove right in. My biggest thing is is I didn't know anybody. Um, And I would walk into a match of 150 people, and they're all friends. And, you know, in the hunting world, I had a ton of friends, but I didn't know anybody in the competitive shooting world. And so that was a little... Like, you kind of stand there like a little dumb wallflower, and you're a little uncomfortable. and, But I make friends with Rocks, and I got lucky. You know, I've squatted with some really outstanding people that have been fantastic. And then I've been really lucky that there's been people that weren't even on my squad that have offered me a lot of tips and stuff. So I went to my first match with my factory break, factory trigger. And Matt Gervais pulled me aside one day, and he's like, you know, Christy, I'm watching you shoot, and you're, you're applying the fundamentals, great, you're doing a good job, but your, your gun's really pushing you around. And he's like, if my gun were pushing me around like that, he's like, I'd have a hard time staying on target. And he's like, I really think you need to get a new muzzle brake. Right. So Control Solutions <clears throat> happened to be there, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry. So control solutions happened to be there and the guy has brought me a muzzle break and i put it on my gun and and boy what a difference that made just the muzzle break and then the other thing I, I shot a stage out of a school bus window and um it's my first match and i uh i was like well geez you know here i am on the school bus window and i want to break a perfect trigger press um and my lag time on my trigger responsiveness was just was pretty slow, and, and so I started doing some research. and The first two things I did was um, was change my trigger and change my muzzle brake. And then the other thing I was running on my first match was a second focal plane scope. And you know, as you know, on that, it's really it will slow you down when you're trying to do windows right. and you have to be at max power, and then you're trying to find targets, so you're zooming in and out. And so, my first couple matches this year were as a massive kind of a gear shakedown and uh, trying to figure out, you know, what's going to work, what's going to be effective, how do I maximize the potential of my rifle, and um, so, you know, it's just been a huge trial and error um, process this year.
0: Well, it sounds like you've got a lot of the bugs worked out. You have, it sounds like a a great platform that you're shooting. What advice would you give to other females that are playing with the idea of getting into this sport
1: i would just say get out here and shoot like there's nothing you know the the people at the matches i mean you you see who everybody's squatting and um everybody is helping each other there's nobody that is uh it's not helping each other. I mean, it's a very helpful community, and, and everybody shares gear, and I'm still shaking down gear. I mean, in my last match, I was still like, oh, man, I wish I had this or that. Or I mean, I'm still – you're going to do that. Your first year or two is going to be a lot of figuring out what works for you and coming up with a system. And um, the the only way that you're going to learn is by getting out there and doing it.
0: Absolutely absolutely so I know when I first started shooting matches I had a certain set of goals for myself and I'm wondering did you do that for you like set set goals or set levels of where you wanted to be at each match or do you just approach each match as let's go out and have some fun oh no I want
1: to have fun but I like I want to win someday also <laughs> <It's> <laughs> really competitive. Um, but for me, my biggest goals have been 50% impact. Um, and, you know, I, I throw things, like, for example, you know, I, my goal is 50% impact. Now I'm, I want 60 to 70% impact. Once I get to 80% impact, then I know I'm going to be, you know, a top 30 type shooter. Not there yet. Um, but I'm, I'm hoping to get more towards that 70%, you know, but I'm still learning, you know, my last match. Um, Jake and Paul and I shot all day long Trained, We went and shot in an underground area to get away from the wind and make sure our zeros were good. I had a zero shift. I adjusted it. And when I got to the range, I shot the first day and I was screaming under targets and it cost me an entire day's worth of shooting. And I, and so it's, it's, you're always learning, right? Like even when I put on this 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 threshold for myself of, okay, I want 50%, which I maintained that average, even having the, the issues I was having, um, you know, everything has to be perfect for you to excel to that next level. And, you know, day two, I, I shot a lot better because I figured out that, you know, zeroing underground really affected the harmonics of my rifle for whatever reason. And it didn't anybody else's. And, and, uh, I brought my zero back up and then I shot great. Everything was happy but um you know you're gonna make mistakes you're gonna have all these learning curves and gear curves and I just I mean if I can maintain that 50 percent average that's kind of my bottom threshold now where when I started that was like oh I want to hit that now I'm like oh man I only got 50 percent today and so I think it's it's always progressing and you're at the end of the day you're only competing with yourself but you know you want to maximize the potential of your rifle your optic and your ammo and and as a shooter, I, I still don't perform as well as my gear does, and and that's a goal of mine. Just make them look the best that they can.
0: Fifty percent is huge. I mean, that's that's phenomenal. When I first started, my goal was literally not to zero a stage.
1: Yeah, I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> I- I didn't dial a stage right. I was having zero issues in in, uh, in Utah, and I zeroed a stage because I dialed 0.5 into the 1.5. So, you know, like <laughs> you know, I think sometimes do stupid things where you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe really, I just did that. That's so stupid. Um, but, yeah, it, it is a good goal just not to zero those stages, but sometimes they still happen.
0: You know, they do, and that's the fun part about this um, sport is – there's so many different things that can change in the course of fire that you really have to be able to adapt, but you have to have the knowledge or the experience to know how to adapt to it.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. You yeah.
0: Know, and that's and why, that's,
1: uh, that's why shooting with great people is awesome that uh, have more experience than you. Cause when I'm shooting a match, I mean, I'm socializing to some degree, but for the most part, I'm behind my binoculars, I'm watching the conditions and I'm watching the people that I respect as shooters. I'm watching them. How are they setting up the stage? What are they doing? What can I learn from how they just set up? You know, what new gear do I need to get? You know, like this last match I bought well, I bought a solo sack from Matt Gervais at a match and in this last match I was at I just bought a the Utter bag from Bryson Tactical. So I'm yep. always looking at you know, new gear, what's going to help me, and, and what can I not live without. And I'm, The really right tripod I'd really love to get, but they're really accessible, so I'm like, oh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> right now, I'm like, oh,
0: boy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this, um, you know, one of the pros and one of the cons that I find in this sport is on the pro, there is a ton of great gear out there, but on the con... There's also a ton of great gear out there. So you are are constantly collecting and buying new things and trying to improve your game. So it's if you get wrapped up in that, it can be very um, expensive.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yes, it's very expensive. And so you have to weigh it out, like opportunity cost loss, right? Like spending the hundred and whatever bucks on the bag, okay, well... That's not so bad if I'm going to take it, you know, like this, um, this last match I shot, I used it on like four different stages. Well, to me, that pays for itself in one match. Um, some of the expensive tripods and stuff like that, you know, I'm using a tripod at many stages anymore. They're extremely beneficial. Do I really want to buck up and spend 1200 bucks on one? No. Will I probably eventually? yes (laughs) (laughs) yes <laughs> <laughs> but
0: well I, between all the people you know i think we probably uh have some connections over there we can make some calls for you
1: <laughs> yeah well, i appreciate that yeah no, I, everybody in the shooting world wants that call i promise it's it, it everything does it just gets yeah it gets expensive but um it's it's all worth the investment i mean it depends you know this year is made the last um you know when i trip. tripped when I switch out my RPR platforms, um, I'm pulling out my triggers and I'm putting them in my other guns. And my bags aren't going bad, and I'm training with them now. And and so there's always a use. And a lot of the stuff that I'm using for PRS and NRL is transferring into my hunting situations as well. So I'm like, oh, you know, I really can use this tripod now. Um, I can take this tripod on a hunt. It's lightweight enough, but then I can also use it to support my shooting position and Heck, last year, I shot almost all my animals from the standing off a tripod. Um, wow. So, you know, it, to me, it's it's been very, very beneficial spending the money on the gear because there's so much crossover.
0: And that's actually a great transition because my next question was, you know, all the training that you've done and all the experience you've had with competitive shooting, even though you are a much more avid hunter at this point, have you seen crossover in techniques and training and uh, positionals and things of that nature oh for
1: sure and i just did a full episode on my digital series about that and i really don't understand why more hunters don't at least you know maybe they don't want to compete but go to some club matches get some training learn how to run your gear it is painful to me I go on a hunt now and I'm sitting there waiting for somebody to set up to make a shot on a deer and two minutes goes by and they're still fumbling around. Well, in two minutes, I can do five positions and break 10 shots at four different targets or five different targets. (laughs) uh, I'm like, holy smokes, this is painful. And it's it's made such a big difference because the animals, they're not going to stand around and wait for you to make a shot. You know, you need to be efficient with your gear and you need to be knowledgeable with, with, with your dope as well. You know, is your, is your limitation, a 300 yard shot is, you know, can you make, you know, for, for example, that mountain goat I took this year, you know, 500 yards in a whiteout snowstorm. And I actually dialed it for 450 because of the angle was so severe, but it was a blizzard. And if I wouldn't have known how to hold for wind and how to make, you know an offset for that then it would have cost me the animal and uh the the importance of learning how to do that is 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 critical you know my elk this year in Colorado that's on my series too, where you know I literally throw my tripod down and shoot this bull at 250 yards from the standing and easy day right like I've done it a million times and especially at that distance for me it was like oh I could do this all day long you know and and, you know, my bear this year, I shoot my bear, and I, I stayed on him the whole time, rode recoil through the whole process, watched him roll, never got off the bear, and I sit there and wait for him. You know, if he tries to get up or take off and I need to do a follow-up, I'm ready. And, and that's what, you know, that's what an ethical hunter does, is they absolutely are prepared um, to dispatch that animal in the most humane way possible. And and training does that for us.
0: That's phenomenal. Now, you brought up another question that I have, and you can comment on this or you can choose not to, um, but we're starting to see a larger trend in long-range hunting. So, I'm talking mm-hmm. 800 to 1,000 plus yards. Yep. What are your feelings on that? If you want to comment, if you don't want to, no worries.
1: No, I mean, it's not for me. Um as a competitive shooter, 800 yards, the bullet is really, really difficult to predict precisely at that distance. There's a lot of shooters, you know, they'll clean a stage at that distance, Um, but you take into account wind, you take into account updrafts or downdrafts, you know, if you have a 15 mile an hour full value wind from right to left, you know, are are people taking into account that there's going to be an updraft on that, you know, um, two tenths. You know, or, or do you know that the opposite direction is going to give you a downdraft at least of two tenths? And if you don't, then why are you taking the shot? Or, you know, in a 15-mile-an-hour wind, should you be taking that shot? I mean, it's for some people that are comfortable doing that, and they, they train for it, and they, they feel like it's ethically the right thing to do. That's on them. Um, I, I choose not to. I love the sport of hunting, and I love getting close. Uh, my farthest shot I've taken on a big game animal 600 yards and there's a lot of people that couldn't do that shot either So I'm right. not one to really pass judgment um, You know when I took that shot I was on a bull I laid on him for four hours waiting for him to stand and I knew which direction the wind was going I was zero value where I was laying, but I knew at max ord the bullet would be getting pushed down because that's just the way thermals work in the mountains. But I understood that and I felt comfortable taking the shot and it was a terminal first round hit. Now there's a lot of people that could not have done that shot or maybe have tried to take that shot, but didn't understand thermals and thought, well, there's no wind and made the wrong correction on where, you know, they held their reticle. And so, you know, it all goes down to training and, and I'm not one to judge anybody, but for me, I really try not to shoot farther on an animal than than 600 and that's really a long shot but it is like my sheep hunt I'm going on you know 600 yard shots are real common on sheep um and so I'm trying to prepare for that you know and be the best I can and if I have an opportunity to get closer always I will get closer um right every time if I can be closer the closer the better for me
0: awesome awesome so now this also talking about hunting um Getting away from the competition side, you have your show, uh, Pursue the Wild, mm-hmm. and I just watched the, your episode with Christy Ennis, and oh, wow, yes. that was awesome.
1: Yeah, she's a great girl. She's a, a Marine, and she was a door gunner on a helicopter, and uh, her plane went down, and she ended up losing her leg her left leg um as a result of complications from that actually she got three different separate amputations because she had a lot of complications Oh
0: wow! Um,
1: but she's an incredible girl and um you know just an incredible woman and, and we did that hunt it was pretty cool a lot of neat people kind of pulled together to make that hunt happen and um and she took a bowl and it was just the two of us so it was pretty cool um to have that experience kind of a girl power and that's what you'll see a lot with my series is a lot of DIY and a lot of ladies in the field helping each other because um, I that whole mentality that is pretty common still of oh you know you had this guy take you out and that's the only reason you were successful well I try to buck all of that as much as possible and and just really show what ladies are capable of.
0: That's phenomenal, and I assume that transcends, transcends, rather, (laughs) into everything you do. I mean, you seem, we haven't had the opportunity to meet in person yet, but we will very soon, but you seem like a very outgoing, competitive, um, but at the same time, very empowering type of uh, person towards, especially other females.
1: Oh, yeah, and... I mean, women empower each other. Little girls are catty, right? <laughs> like, um, that's just, there's not there's no room for it. And especially, you know, if we want to continue having a Second Amendment, if we want to continue having shooting sports, we have to have women and kids get involved. And it's really, really important that we're welcoming and helpful Um at the Ride match, I shot on a squad with Regina Milkovic and um, Jacqueline, um, I think her last name Bryant,
0: yes. and they were phenomenal. Yes. Phenomenal girls.
1: Yes. And Regina and Jacqueline both were extremely helpful. Even though we're all competing for top lady, um, they were willing to help me with their dope. Now they shot the long course of fire, they both pretty much cleaned it. I got a two. <laughs> so it just goes well, to show you that when one win call works for one person, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. <laughs> th-
0: this is true, but you also have to remember Regina Milkovich, she is at the top of her game, number one female in the U.S., in the world right now, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: Oh, and for sure. she's just a badass. And her husband, Tim, and her were so helpful. Tim um, hooked me up with a discount, a little discount card for a new Timmy Trigger, which saved me 50 bucks. And and they were both very gracious with helping me be more efficient at building positions. And, and that's really what it's all about. You know, Regina wasn't never once like a top lady and I'm not going to share with her. You know, she was open armed and I didn't know anybody at the match, and she was registering, and I've been following her online, just because she's a lady shooter, and I was talking to Jake, I'm like, I don't know who I'm gonna squad with, and she's like, well, we have an opening, why don't you squad with us? And that is how the shooting community is. Yes. Open arms, and people are great, and I just really appreciated that. It made me feel very welcome.
0: But, and you know what? If If you haven't been in contact with Regina after the match, I think, if I'm not mistaken, Regina and all of the female shooters have like a private PRS, NRL. They have a
1: training they're doing in it's in um, September. I can't go. Oh. I'm going to help them do a little promotion on it and, and hopefully um, get some more ladies that are, you know, wanting to get more involved in, in the shooting sports out there.
0: Yes, yes. We definitely, I mean, from my aspect... I love seeing the females out there shooting because it's just awesome. They're they they bring a whole new vibe to the sport, to um, competitive shooting, to hunting, and it's awesome. Yeah, um, the amount of energy you ladies bring and excitement—it's just—it's a joy to watch. Um, so yeah, whatever you know, whatever we can do to help empower you ladies in getting out there. I think you've been a phenomenal ambassador of the sport for the past year, and this is your rookie year.
1: It's my, it's my baby year. Next year I have the goals for myself to not, you know, to hit more than 50% of my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll see. i got to keep training. Little targets, that's the key, right?
0: That's the key, and it sounds like you're on the right path. You have some great people supporting and helping you out. And um, I, I think next year, I mean, I can't wait to see you shoot.
1: I'm really excited about, not just, I mean, I've got one more match this year and I'm hoping to hit the NRL match at Rock Lake, Washington. But that's going to depend on if I'm successful on my public. i got a public land deer hunt in Oregon that I'm using six years for the points on. So yes. um, that's kind of priority for me. <laughs> uh, I don't blame you. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully that works out and then I can get over to that match because I'd really love to shoot it.
0: Well, we would definitely love to have you up at that match. It would be phenomenal. Um, you know, next year, it's going to be... The sport is just continuing to grow at this rate. It's going to be a phenomenal year next year. And it's uh, great to have somebody such as yourself out there participating in the sport.
1: Yeah, we need more ladies. So if any of you are apprehensive, just... Get out here and just shoot. Because I was scared to shoot. And I mean, I trained for like six years before. And the only reason I stepped up and did a match is because I did that FTW school with a bunch of the engineers from Ruger. And they were all, hey, we're going to go shoot this match. You should come do it with me. So I did the New England match last year. I shot the one match and then i started hunting season so i was out after that right. um, but it was so much fun i was hooked and i couldn't wait to get back to a match but it took me you know it took me seven months before i even picked up my gun again because i was hunting um and right. this year i'm trying to do it to where i can continue to train um, year-round and not have those lag times because it really cost me, you know, shooting sports are perishable skills, so if you're not training, then you're you're going backwards in your training, and, and that's really, you know, I felt like I was kind of starting over this year after, actually, I went more like eight months without shooting, so um, I didn't shoot from July until February 1st, so, you know, that's that's tough to pick up when you have gals like Regina and, and whatnot that are, um that are training all the time. And, uh, you know, Melissa Gilliland, she's another great one who's been a great lady ambassador. Mm -hmm. She's training all the time with her family. Jacqueline's training all the time. Um, So there's so many awesome people that they're making it a family thing and and that's what makes it so fun. So we just gotta, you know, keep doing that and not let our skills perish and keep showing up.
0: Yeah, and and that's the truth. and. You know, a lot of people look at some of the top shooters in the sports and they're like, why is, you know, the Jay Vibberts and the Matt Bersos and Regina and all these people, why are they always at the top of their game? And it's because they dedicate themselves to training yeah. as much as they can, as often as they can, wherever they can. And that's what separates the, the great. From the average from the people like myself that just like to play (laughs) yeah
1: yeah and then that's a fact i mean jake trains he's out there two to three days a week shooting you know 300 rounds a week and that's how he stays trained you know i mean he's burning through barrels like nobody's business and um and he's burning through ammo and but he's you know he's he's, he's working at it. It's, you know, he, 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 is dedicated and I'm learning, uh, now that that's really, you have to be dedicated if you want to be a top shooter. And, um, but it, it all comes, you know, the difference between me and, and Mario Andretti is Mario Andretti drives his car a lot, right? Like <laughs> I got to get out there and drive my car a lot if I want to be good. So, um, I'm trying to learn from Jake and, and again, have a training plan. So I go to the range now and I have, uh objective so jake was out training with me and his daughter and um i could not get eye relief left-handed shooting i've only shot left-handed maybe four rounds in my whole life and i was struggling and he's like good lord how long is it going to take you i'm like i can't see through my (laughs) scope i couldn't get eye relief and it was just awful and um so after he left i trained on left-handed shooting well at the match my last match there was a a left and right mixed stage and i got like seven impacts at a nine and i timed out so i didn't even get all my rounds off because i'm slow that's my biggest hurdle right now is that i'm slow um but if i hadn't practiced that left-handed i maybe would have got three right-handed impacts you know what i mean so (laughs) One day of training translated into serious rounds for me and serious hits. And it doesn't take a lot, but you just have to be willing to go out and do it.
0: You have to have the dedication and the passion to get out there. And it sounds like you have the perfect setup with your new ranch, your new range, the great staff and great sponsors and (laughs) and products.
1: staff of me. (laughs) 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 Yes. it's funny yeah no it's uh it's it's gonna be fun and and like i said i'm lucky that it came out and, and was able to help me kind of look at what targets i need to put and, you know i at my colorado match i just got crushed on those little three-inch poppers and so i got one and now i yesterday i was training on the three-inch popper at 250 yards and you know trying to overcome me really sucking at those and so yeah it's um uh,
0: that that's so awesome it, it's um I mean, it, it's amazing that you have dedicated so much to the sport, where you're out there training like that, and, and have uh, built your own range. Of, that's just huge. You're very blessed. That's that's phenomenal. i It's going to pay off.
1: And, you know, it it and anybody can buy the targets. They're cheap, right? Like you just you buy the targets, and you know Jake sells great targets, and just so yeah, you go buy one. But um, it you can pop them up anywhere. Like you don't have to have a range, you know. If you're out west, especially, there's public land, and that's right. how I was training before. Is is just on public land, and and uh, you know, just go out and put up targets. My cousin built this janky barricade, and we'd go out and kind of practice on that. <laughs> but um, you know, in a lot of times, it's not even it's dry fire practice. It's it's figuring out on a, t- a stopwatch how long does it take you from go to set up on-target trigger press, dry fire. You know, you don't even have to have a range for that because that's, like, for me, that's my biggest hurdle right now is that I'm just too slow. And so, you know, there's a lot that we can do to become better shooters that that doesn't include buying necessarily a range. So that's, you you know, there's a lot of hope for people if, you know, they want to do training at home. You don't have to have a, a place to go every day, but make every day count, get behind your gun, and then when you get to the range, that time you spend at the range is a very valuable time.
0: Absolutely. Because you're not
1: practicing things like setup. You're practicing then your wind calls and focusing on other fundamentals that you can't practice on a dry fire.
0: Absolutely. Gr- great advice from a spectacular woman on her rookie year in yeah. a precision competition shooting. And next year, you're just going to kill it.
1: Oh, I'm hoping. I mean, don't... <laughs> don't set the bar too high for me, but uh my goals <laughs> my goals next year is to you know, I want to improve every year and, and you know, like I said, you have gals like Regina, she's been competing for like nine years and she's at the top of her game as far as men and women and you know, it's it's very competitive and I don't expect to go in and, and necessarily just crush her but um because she's she's somebody I just admire and if I could even get to where I felt like I'm walking alongside instead of following behind boy that would be something (laughs) you know
0: absolutely absolutely and i i I have a very strong feeling that you'll get there
1: yeah i'm hoping i'm gonna keep trying i've got great partners and um you know one of the things i love about my partners is they make gear that's affordable for anybody to get into the sport i'm not running a six thousand dollar gun um, right. that makes it to where it's almost impossible for the average person to step into the sport. I'm running an RPR for 1200 bucks. You can go buy the same gun I've got, put an optic on it. Maybe not the ATAC-R, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, the NXS uh, series even and, and get out there and hit a match and, and not break the bank.
0: No, I agree 100%. Um, it's been awesome talking to you today we're almost yeah. at our time limit for the show but for people that want to follow you and get more information about you where can they find your, your website christy titus.com yeah uh, instagram facebook you have all the social media your youtube page
1: yeah my youtube page is pursue the wild and you can watch my episodes on amazon tv so if you have a smart tv just go to amazon tv type in pursue the wild you your prime everything's free my tips and tactics are exclusively on Facebook and in YouTube, um, so I put a new piece of content every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, so you can pay attention to my Facebook or just subscribe to my YouTube channel and I launch those on Mondays at 5.30 in the morning. Um, so every week is something new.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well it's been a pleasure having you on the show, we really appreciate it. I can't wait till we finally meet in person. And I know. I'm looking forward to it. I know. And we're going to have to do this again. Yes. We're going to have to do this again yeah, for sure. After I win top lady somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> for it sure. Will it will It will happen. I've got complete faith in you. Um, and it, it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah.
1: Thank you very much, Travis. I appreciate it.
0: Likewise. Thank you. You have a great day. Good luck um, with your hunt coming up in Canada, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Doll sheep. Yep.
0: There you go. Good luck. I can't wait to watch that. And uh, I will be touching base with you soon.
1: Sounds good. Thanks, Trev.
0: Thanks. Take care.